Hey, Emily. Hey, Josh. So, what's the name of this bar again? It's called The Platform. Ah. That would explain why the only thing on the menu are rings and coins. What are you having? I'm having the coins. I figure I've only got one life to live, and I should probably try to earn some extras. What about you? I'm having the rings. Okay, but be careful. If you touch anything, they'll all... Ouch! What happened? I bumped the edge of the table. What a mess. Well, while you clean up, I'm gonna head over and put a quarter on the jukebox so we can call dibs on some tunes. Okay. I'll be there in a sec. I just gotta clean up. Here, here's some paper towels. Alright, while Josh is doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and pick a song that came to us from the listener Nathan, a.k.a. Utopia Nemo. It's from the game Govelius Valley of Doom. The title is First Cave, and it was composed by Mayam, Shant, Shinkun, and Pazu. It is a Sega Master System title, and here we go. Nathan says, When I originally saw The Legend of Zelda, I was afraid to play it. The open-ended nature of the world was unsettling to me. Having said that, I was immediately drawn to Govelius the first time I saw it. It took me years to realize Govelius was a shameless Zelda clone, albeit with better graphics and music, and dungeons that varied in format from side-scrolling platformers to top-down auto-scrolling shooters, but I still love this game. The tunes in this game, in my opinion, epitomize the quirky and lighthearted nature of Japanese adventure games. So, uh, on our last episode you were saying that um, Afterburner made you feel a little sad? Yeah. And I was suggesting that maybe it was a property of the Master System? What do you think? Does this song make you a little sad? That's hard to answer. It does, but in a different way. Mm. I know that uh, Nathan says that 
this is quirky and lighthearted, but I, I'm feeling pretty serious. Serious, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a quirky little tune, but it's also um, seen... It's also seen some stuff, you know? <laughs> it's been it's been through some adventures. Yeah. I really like those very high notes. Yeah. They kind of warble, and I think that's neat. I think it's interesting that he mentions that he was unsettled by the giant world of Zelda. Were you ever frightened by video games that you can think of, or unsettled? Hmm, not that I can think of, but maybe I'll be able to think of something uh, as we listen to this next track. I'm going to play Incoming Attack from Cosmic Wars. This was composed by Hidenori Maezawa for the NES, um, and it was recommended by Andy, a.k.a. Quality. first got into video game music, Cosmic Wars was one of my first unfamiliar titles I checked out because it sounded like a video game's video game. It's a very NES-y soundtrack, but Incoming Attack is one of the wildest tracks I've ever heard from any 8 or 16-bit system, and one of the most complex tracks I've ever heard. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. It's intense. I like yeah. that you read that as N-E-S-E. N-E-S-E I would have said Nessie. <laughs> sure. Yeah, actually, um, I agree. It was actually hard to read um, while this track was playing because of the complexity and the wildness of it. So if it sounded weird while I was reading, sorry, I was just trying to uh, multitask or something. Konami was affecting you. This is such a Konami track. Yeah. Would you say this is more like jazzy or metal? That's an interesting question, because it's right in the middle of the two, isn't it? Yeah. It's like aggressive jazz. Yeah, it's like if Dave Brubeck was in like a math rock band or something. A math rock? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You you typically know more about music than I do. Or music scenes and stuff. Oh, I don't know about that. But yeah, I mean, this, I do know that there's um, a genre of music. I don't even know if you'd call it a genre or a style of music where every note has a number and you try to play all 12 in different patterns consistently. Oh. And you can't repeat anything within a set of 12. I think that's called like 12 tone jazz or something like that, or. 
12 tone I think music. You're probably right. Yeah. I actually don't know why it's called 12 tone, because I feel like it should be called 11 tone. Because the <laughs> right. first and the 12th would be an octave of it. I'm also getting distracted by this. It's making There's me so dizzy. much going on in it. Yeah, let's listen to it for a couple more seconds. You know, well, I, I feel wanna... like... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. Um, I feel like the Gabe will like this one. Yes. It's I think you're right. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I want to know how people even compose music like this. Because this is obviously some kind of boss fight situation. And boss fights always have this uh, kind of discordant slash atonal quality to them. And yet they sound so good. And I don't know how they do that. Because you would think it wouldn't sound good to you. Mm. Or maybe it doesn't sound good to other people. Maybe we like mm. it. But other people don't. I do sometimes play tracks like this for people. And I say, so... Would you categorize this as music or noise? <laughs> and I sometimes get a both answer. Mm. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's an incredible skill to be able to compose something that doesn't seem to follow any kind of musical... What am I trying to say? Not tropes, but, you know, it's not following the rules, but it still sounds great. I wonder if uh, the nature of of composing video game music will lead one to be able to com uh, to make these kinds of tracks. Kind of like maybe you're composing through trial and error a little bit mm. uh, when you're doing the programming. It's not like you have to play it on an instrument or think of it in your brain first. You could kind of mess around and see what sounds good. All right. So we're going to move on to an arcade game. Have we played an arcade game yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. So this one is going to be from the arcade game A.B. Cop Arcade. It is the track Stage 1, composed by Hikoshi Hashimoto, and it was recommended to us by Chuck.
Chuck says, It's just another phenomenal track from the mind of Hikoshi Hashimoto. You have incredible control of texture, the melody using long phrase lengths with quick 16th note transitions between long notes with an organ sound, some really tight percussion sounds accenting on a 2 and 4 pattern with some really nice kit fills in there. Just listen to how the tom sounds are layered in there and get filled in more rapidly the closer a section gets to ending. A really jamming bass line. Listen to how agile it is, how it has all the main chord notes, but then has these really awesome licks between each harmonic change. So funky. The smooth chord changes in the background handled by that part that only sustains the current measure's harmony. It has this sweet shimmery sound that really just fills in the texture so nicely. And last but not least, the arpeggiating figure in the background adding some really nice texture and movement to the whole tune. It enforces and harmonizes and adds a feeling of movement to the whole thing and makes it feel so fast and upbeat. An awesome set of harmonic progressions with a nice tonal difference between the A and B sections. This tune brought a huge smile to my face the first time I heard it. I ended up finding Hikoshi Hashimoto on Twitter and telling him thank you for making such amazing music, to which he was happy to see. Honestly, the whole OST for that game is really just great, as is most of his work in general. This tune is totally my jam. Yeah, this uh, song definitely feels good. Uh, it's <laughs> I, like... Like, I like that statement in contrast to all of this uh, really technical musicianship that Chuck's got going on here. Chuck knows his stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna have to study um, study his comment. Um, by the way, I, I just realized I forgot to answer that question from earlier as to scary video game mm. maps or whatever. And uh, I do have an answer. I remember oh. Metroid. Oh. I never wanted to play Metroid because it just looked like a sad and lonely place to be, you know. It is. And the uh, atmosphere is real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you feel alone and you're uh Zelda's rather sprawling as well. I can definitely be understand being intimidated by that. I'm still intimidated by the Zelda map. Um but more so by the Metroid map. This song is not intimidating though. This song welcomes you in. Oh yeah, this song feels good. Um, it feels like it's good for your uh, blood circulation or something like that. <laughs> it's good for your soul. Your chakras. <laughs> I like the stereo stuff going on. Mm -hmm. All There's right. a lot of stuff going left and right. I've never heard of this arcade game before. Yeah, me neither. Uh, gotta check it out. Good stuff. Alright. For my Oh, next... wait. One second before we move on? Oh, sure. If that's okay. Um, Chuck had indicated in his testimonial that he wasn't sure what would be too technical for the show or not. And I oh. just want to say, whatever you guys want to write, go for it. You don't have to be a musicologist, but if you are, lay it on us. Oh, please, yeah. I'm sure somebody else will uh, enjoy hearing what you're saying. Somebody else will understand what you're saying, and other people will probably learn from it. And uh, and now we are, because we're going to be looking up all this stuff. And the nice thing, too, is that 
the worst case scenario is um, you're still listening to the track, you know. Wait. Yeah, and everyone can listen to it and say, you know what? I do know one thing. It makes me feel good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this next track is composed by Nobuo Uematsu. It's for the Final Fantasy XI on the PC. And uh, this song is called Ronfari. It was sent in by Patron Hollow.
Hollow said, This track is again from my favorite composer, Nobuo Uematsu. This game was given to me from my brother. I don't quite remember if it was for the holidays or for my birthday. To this day, I haven't yet played the game. This might seem silly, but I think it's weird to have to play a month... Oh, sorry. To pay a monthly fee to play a game. I've heard this track played live by an orchestra a few times, and it's beautiful. Something about that chord progression. The best way I would describe it is, it's kind of like it's from a renaissance fair or something. I've never been to one of those, but that's what I would imagine. I can picture a music group playing this at a fair. Guitars, woodwinds, percussion. Yeah, this track is incredibly beautiful. Yeah, it makes me want to eat. <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, it just has this sound to me like um, you're stepping into a tavern in like uh, maybe the 1500s or something like that. Um, they have this group playing. Um, and you just sit at this table and there's a fat piece of chicken that they just cooked or it couldn't be a turkey because we're in Europe maybe it's more like a like a pheasant or something you know and they're, yeah let's say pheasant they're passing some hard rolls around I knew they liked uh, butter and cheese you know yeah and you're just kind of and there's like a fire indoors you're breathing a lot of smoke but you're warm you know well let me ask you this yeah. about your image here. Is it snowing? Now I'm feeling like it might have been snowing outside. Yeah, Yeah, I'm feeling, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a densely wooded area with a lot of snow and then you're heading toward that tavern that you're imagining with a bright window and you know it's going to be warm in there. Yeah. And it, it's nighttime. It's, for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could. Yeah, for sure. It's the end of like a long trek that you were on, maybe. Yeah. I feel like so. Nighttime's good. I also feel like it's sort of like um, a little holiday-ish, but not. It's not a holiday on the day when you hear this song, but it's sometime between you know the winter solstice and. Uh, Thanksgiving, whatever Europeans had that was like Thanksgiving. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this track is so beautiful. I know I said that already, but I'm really quite taken with it. It's very serious, but delightful. Oh, you know what I really appreciate in it? Hmm. Uh... Since we're hearing actual instruments here, I believe, there's a hammer dulcimer in the background. I don't know if you know what a hammer dulcimer is, but I love that instrument. It's in my left ear right now. That's like a, a hammer dulcimer is sort of like, um, it looks like a harp that lies down horizontally in front of you and you strike it with little hammers. Oh. And that is 100% a Renaissance fair type instrument. Mm. So I think hollow is right on target with that. Oh, and I also wanted to mention, 
This was almost a spa track. I was thinking about squirreling this away, as I have done with a couple of recommendations that people have been sending in. So if you're confused as to why you haven't heard your recommendation, it could be that I listened to it and thought, that is video game spa music, and put it away. I almost did that with this one, but I think perhaps the snowy image that was conjured in my mind made it more applicable to a regular episode. No, it could be like a medieval spa, you know? Did they even bathe? (laughs) (laughs) If they did, this is what they would be listening to. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. There was a hot tub, but it was, uh, like, dog's blood, I think. What? Yeah, for its healing properties. Dog's blood? Sure. I'll take your word for it. Let's end on that lovely note. <laughs> uh, you know, dog's blood mixed with, um, you know, deer placenta. Um, I have newt. Yeah, boar hooves. Yeah. Wing of bat. Cyst. <laughs> that went in, it went in such an unexpected direction for that triangle track. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move on. on. We're moving journey. on. All right. All right. Okay, my next pick is going to be from the game The Misadventures of Tron Bon, or Tron Bon, which was uh, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama. This is a PlayStation 1 game. The track we're going to hear is Nakai Desert, and it was sent in to us by Marsh. Marsh says, this comes from one of the rarest PlayStation games. It's a spin-off of Mega Man Legends based on one of the villains, Tron Bon. She's part of a family of thieves, and even though they're enemies of Mega Man, they have good hearts and occasionally help him out when he's in trouble. The music plays in the opening stage as one of the main characters is running through a desert in a giant robot suit searching for treasure. I've never heard of these people. I know uh, of this character, but I only know this character because I've seen cosplay of her. I did not know her name. I knew oh. she was linked to Mega Man, but this suggestion brought it all together for me when I started doing some research on it. Interesting. 
Well, I gotta say, this is probably the first song in our list today that kind of got me um, getting pumped. I was, I was getting excited before, but I actually was like, uh, yeah, pumping my fist a little bit on this <laughs> one. Well, yeah, this is a, an invigorating track in a triumphant way. Oh, Some yeah. of our earlier tracks, I think, were invigorating in a I really don't want to die, I don't want to die, I don't want to die kind of way. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite part of this track, this track really grew on me. <clears throat> and this one little thing I love so much is in the left ear, that little uh, kind of percussive bell thing. I don't even know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it just goes, chugga chugga. Yeah. Chugga chugga. I love that. I wonder, so you're playing as, as this other character in the game? It's like a Mega Man game, but you're not Mega Man? Right. That's interesting. I wonder what she plays like. Yeah, I don't know. I did read some of the YouTube comments on <laughs> this song when I was looking up the music, and there were people who were saying that this game flopped, probably because people didn't know it was a Mega Man game, oh. and uh, you know that it just was too obscure. I guess for the average person to get the connection and then make it into a blockbuster. That was their theory anyway. Yeah. You don't need a whole like universe for the Mega Man games. It sounds like they were getting a little Lucas Arts here with the uh, Mega <laughs> Man world. <laughs> All right. For this next song, I'm going to do a Shogo Sakai track. He worked with Takafumi Miura, Yuji Suzuki, and Masaki Iwasaki on the Al Unser Jr. Turbo Racing soundtrack. We're going to listen to BGMC, and this is for the NES. Thanks to our patron, Greg G, for this recommendation. G writes, As a kid, my parents begrudgingly dealt with my brothers and my video game habit, but right after receiving our NES system, they actually played some games with us. I remember going to the video store and renting a game called Al Unser Jr. Turbo Racing, and, as my dad was a big racing fan, it was one he actually enjoyed and was pretty good at. It didn't take him long to start telling us to get out of the house on weekends 
and to stop playing games all the time, but for a little while, I can remember him being a gamer. Aw. This particular game is a good racing game by NES standards, but what has always stood out was a specific track, BGMC. I've played this game many times and enjoy all the music, but unfortunately I rarely get to hear most of the songs because I can't justify playing any song but this one. It is a straight jam. It makes me think of driving on an open road at sunset and it has a nostalgic quality that both pumps me up and makes me feel wistful. Top five all-time VGM track for me, definitely. I think Greg G completely nailed that description on the head. Yeah, I really like this song. I think he hit all the points to this. I agree with everything he said. By the way, he capitalized the word jam. Did yes. It sound- I really like how you brought that to life. I I gotta say, this is um probably my one of my favorites from this episode i love the melody and um yeah i just love the melody actually Mm. there's something about certain songs that you know they carry you through the whole uh cycle and then when you go back into the loop you kind of feel like you're being pushed again i don't know how to explain this but you don't quite feel like you're starting over you feel like you're just continuing and somehow the song never feels repetitive it just feels like you're you're on like the next lap i guess Oh, yeah. Of the racetrack. It takes you through the curves of uh, life and emotions a little bit. Like this, yeah, there's that nostalgic part at the end. Mm. I think it's so funny that Greg G doesn't listen to any of the other tracks. <laughs> that when he can choose his background song, he always goes with this one. I can relate to that, absolutely. Yeah, so... One other thing I wanted to point out uh, before we we uh, move to the end is that we've been having an interesting conversation with Nathan on the blog. I think it's uh, the episode, the bonus stage episode blog. Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, Nathan has a lot of interesting ideas about whether or not cultural information is transmitted through video games or to what degree it is mm-hmm. and um, I want to keep writing back to him but uh, I also want to bring it to the podcast at the same time so I guess I had a couple something I wanted to say about it which is that obviously yeah I agree there there's no such thing as music without culture really because we have to agree as a culture on uh, the musical scale, for one right. thing, um, yep. and without any cultural context, music is noise, you know. So, uh, yeah, maybe Japanese music sounds more Japanesey, and American video game music sounds more Western or something like that, or follows some trends. Um, but I, I, I still gotta say, I think there's something different about the way that video game music transmits cultural information or its relationship to culture where um, I just feel like they're not trying to uh, they're not trying to advertise a personality as a way of being I guess which I feel like most mainstream music kind of does and also um uh, I, I don't feel like 
they're actually trying to, um, uh, what was I saying? To coerce you into some sort of, uh, cultural movement or something like that. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I get you. I think that all of the opinions that people have on this are really interesting. So I do recommend that everybody, uh, even if you've checked it out before, go back to that special stage episode and read the comments on it. Because that thing, that section blew up, man. We have all kinds of cool thoughts going on down there. So I love that. I love that people are talking this much about it and that I get to talk to them about it. That's true, yeah. I think, uh, I wonder what Nathan's, uh, background is what mm. he studied in college or whatever it seems like he's sort of interested in anthropology or something like that i would agree yeah and hey chuck get in there give us your perspectives as a serious math music dude yeah i can't believe that that episode has 20 comments on it it had 20 comments last time I looked, and when we were discussing even the idea of the special stage episode, I remember we were like, is anybody going to want to even listen to this? Yeah. It's just our talking, and it's become one of the most uh, viewed ones we have, so that's kind of cool. But our, uh, yeah, our patrons really pulled through on that on that one. Oh yeah, and let's discuss this patron thing. I had uh, I had mentioned before we started recording that I felt like Perhaps we were doing a disservice to our podcast listeners by calling them listeners because you guys aren't really just listeners. You are contributors and you are what really makes this podcast happen. So I was trying to find another word for it. And as a librarian, I thought, oh, patron, you know, you use the services, but also you donate to us in a sense. So a non-monetary sense. So I think I think we should call them patrons from now on. And you were testing it out, and I think it sounded really good. I just thought it made sense because it's like we were all at the bar together. <laughs> right, and that's the other angle. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's like we're librarians and we're contributing to the... And you're like, yeah, we're all having drinks at a bar. We've all got a tab. We're all patrons <laughs> of the video game music bar. Of the video so game it works bar. in so many different ways. So I think we're going to call you all, you all patrons from now on. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, speaking of patrons, let's give a supersonic special thanks to this week's patrons. Nathan, a.k.a. Utopia Nemo. Andy, a.k.a. Quality. Chuck, Hollow. Marsh, and Greg G. But... We always need more suggestions. Yummy. Suggestions are yummy, yummy. You and food today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, visit us at the bgmjukebox.blogspot.com and use the suggested track button on the right-hand side to fill out the recommendation survey and get those recommendations right in my belly. Or you can email us at the bgmjukebox at gmail.com. And again, we've been getting some great suggestions. We got some people who uh, followed the prompts that we laid out in episode 9. So again, if you want to follow those prompts, you can suggest a track from a game you got as a present sometime around the holidays. Or you can take the physical challenge and think of a game you do not like 
listen to that soundtrack and recommend a tune from that. You can also find us on iTunes. You can subscribe and comment and rate there. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel. So we're uh, double, you know, doubly indebted to Apple and Google. <laughs> and we're all up in our patrons' business. Yep. Um, but what's going on with the YouTube channel these days? We've getting we're getting subscribers oh, actually. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we got a couple people who are interested in what the VGM jukebox on YouTube is doing, which is very exciting. And we're trying to put up the music-only playlists of each episode, so that way you can just listen to the tunes. It makes it perhaps easier for people to find the information on the songs instead of having to listen through an entire episode of our talking about food and <laughs> medieval bathing practices. Sure. <laughs> And uh, we've got some other goodies there, some uh, karaoke's and some interesting other endeavors that we've had with video game music. Yes. Yeah. Also, I hope people enjoy that if they check it out. Thank you again for your patronage. And we'll see you all here again in two weeks at the VGM Jukebox. Bye. <laughs>